Broadcasting live from the Hair Today Gone Tomorrow studios in beautiful, rainy Nashville, Tennessee. But all the snow has gone. Gone. The ice is gone. Uh, We've actually got listeners from all over the world Um, Greece, Japan. Don't Maldon, we have some Republic. Nordic, Icelandic we might. stations? But so they might not realize that the uh, Nashville, Tennessee area, Music City, just had Snowpocalypse 2024. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. It was absolutely insane. Yeah. It started on a Sunday evening, yeah. and it was just like a light kind of snowfall, it was gentle, a dusting. picturesque. Yeah, right? it wasn't even sticking. You blinked. To, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Come. we got like, what, five to eight inches? Yeah, some places which, got eight inches. Right, yeah. which paralyzed the entire area. Nashville, does. Tennessee does not have the proper infrastructure no. or equipment or whatever to handle any kind of a snowfall. And it's so stupid because all you have to do is get two tow trucks and a mound of salt, and you would help so many people, but they don't, it's like, you know. What happened? It's because they don't want to even invest the money and just to be ready. You know what I mean? They just don't want to even be ready. No. They just want to just, well, Well, we don't really get snow. Well, I, I mean, we don't. Like, last year, I don't recall getting anything. Uh, we got a little something, but Did it was we? nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing. The Even year before, the year before that, it was the same thing. As a matter of fact, there's only been a big snow now in uh, five years, six years yeah. that I'm down here. Yeah. Twice. And we call it a big snow, but for us, it's not a big snow. It was a walk in the park. I was out there driving. So Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy, right, but they crazy. don't realize I'm, <laughs> I'm from New York. This right. is this, nothing. Right. This okay? is what we do. When you have to drive with your head out your window because your wipers <laughs> are frozen to your windshield, right. that's when you, you drive in the snow. Right? Absolutely. But all of that's gone. Yesterday, I was at work. It was like 64 degrees. Beautiful day. Yeah. Everything was absolutely wonderful. Uh, and now it's it's back to raining out, but that's fine. That's fine because it's still like in the 50s, 50s and, and 60s, 60s, which yeah. is a... Normal Tennessee winter. Yeah, I'm, because if the temperature drops, everybody's screwed. Everybody goes crazy. But you know what? We usually get hit again in February. You know what I mean? And that's February and March are our cold months. That is true. So, so who knows what's going to happen. We might have one more. Who knows? Or maybe this was the one that just got pushed back because yeah. of this uh, climate I think I, change or whatever. The, I, I think I'm probably the only guy in Tennessee who's got a snowblower. I'm with you on that. Yeah. You were probably... Uh, I was probably the only one. So, after it snowed, me and Jen went out there and we started, you know, with the snowblower and people were like fascinated. Yeah. People were actually stopping and like... And watching you. Where yeah. did you get that from? Yeah. Where did you Where'd get, I yeah, get it home. from? Home, you know, oh, Home yeah. Depot's. And you know what? They're dirt cheap. They are dirt and cheap. And... You can get a, if you have the expanded, Ryobi expanded, because I know you're a big Ryobi I'm a big guy. Ryobi guy, yeah. A weed whacker, like I have the, yeah. the gas weed whacker. Right. There's a snowblower what? attachment. Yep, for I didn't know that. 60 bucks, yeah. I had no idea. I'm going to get it. My snowblower, it's a regular full sized 24 inch yeah. snowblower. Yeah. Uh, electric. Yeah. And I bought it for 180 bucks. Yeah. Who shouldn't have this? Yeah, it's got a weird name, right? Like Jack Snow or something. Snowblow like Snow, or Snow, Joe Snow. Snow Joe. Snow Joe. Snow Joe. That's Joe. it. Or Joe Snow. And, yeah. I, and I bought this right 
after my heart problems. Doctor was like, do not shovel do not snow. Shovel snow. That That's kills oh, people. I could tell like you stories you. when I was a paramedic. Right. I could tell you stories about rolling up on seeing some guy right. laying Clutching in the, the shovel. And his, his neighbor screaming out, he's a diabetic, throw some candy in his mouth. He's a, I'm like, ma'am, he's dead. Man, his heart exploded. There ain't no candy that's going to happen right. to him. He's dead. We're doing oh CPR and she's going, just put the candy in his mouth. Oh my God. Oh, Everybody yeah. knows that. I can tell you stories, bro. New York City's a, a strange Absolutely. Town, man. Strange Great, town. The greatest town in the world. Absolutely the greatest town, yeah. but just a different kind of people. Most definitely. Most um, definitely. Different breed of person. Yeah. I, you know, they're fantastic. I'm glad I'm away from it. I'm glad I can um, enjoy it from a distance. Yeah, because honestly. sometimes that uh, that accent really... I mean, I know I have it. You do have but it. But when I hear it or when somebody is, you know, really one, two, three... Oh, forget about I it. I can't... Yeah, I got to I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you 110%. Well, we have a fantastic show. We were actually going to record last week, but there was ice yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Like, And it was just not a good idea to get out. Yeah. And so, the thing about ice is that you can't you can't really drive on ice. I mean, there is a way to do it, and it's going to sound totally ridiculous, but you can't give the car gas or brake. No. You, you have just to just slide. coast. Yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. kind of just coast. With no power to the wheels. And then when you need to, when you see a clean patch coming up, that's when you give it gas to get your momentum going. It, there's a to science slide the to rest it. Of the way. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy because I can get out and drive an ice because I know the tricks. Yeah. You know, but it's not really safe. No, it's all. not. So we just kind of skipped it and we kind of saved it all up. But we have a fantastic topic. A topic that's actually near and dear to both Jack and myself. Absolutely. Heart. Uh, we're going to talk about the five or maybe six best bass players yeah. of the era. Yeah. But we can't really start talking about that until we start talking about the actual bass itself. Right, that's correct. The the um, the bass that we know today right. um, at, actually comes from the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, a company called... Autovox, yeah, which um, I I think they're still around. I they, don't know if they're doing instruments. They, no, they may be still around in uh, some kind of capacity of uh, uh, cost areas, some kind of electronics. I'm sure it's not the same company that it was. It's probably a Chinese or a Japanese company, right. but but um, it did come from. The, I believe they're still around. Autovox. Oh, yeah. So Cat's uh, name was Paul Tutmark. And his company was Autovox. And um, he was like, well, you know, we've got this big, huge, upright bass guitar. Yeah. Uh, touring bands have a problem transporting this thing sure. around. I'm going to come up with, um, and the name of it was the Model 736 Bass Fiddle, and 100 of them approximately were produced. They had a single pickup, and they also paired it to their Model 236 Bass Amplifier. Nice. <laughs> and so this was a, so this was a, fr, this was a fretted instrument, 
upright bases aren't fretted. They are fretless, correct. They're fretless. Yeah. So now, they, they're also fretless bases, too, fret, well, but they has, came after. Which has really come into vogue fairly Lately, recently, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I remember thinking I was a hot shot bass player around 1988, 89, going into, I don't know if it was Sam Ash or whatever, right. and picking up a fretless bass, and I was lost. Yeah. Like, I need the frets. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. Real nice. Um, so, so actually, uh, this bass was actually geared towards guitar players. Yes, that's the reason why it was shaped like a guitar, and well, it that's, was tuned yeah, one, one, uh, one octave below. Right, same the first four strings. Four strings right. First four strings first of the guitar, E, A, D, and G. Right, same one yeah, octave yeah. below. And geared towards guitar players, because like you said, when we were talking about it, um, you know, guitar players were really, that's where, that's who play bass. If, right. You know, you, because nobody you wanted really to be, wanted no. to play bass back then. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the same when, when Jack and I were actually coming up to like, um, you were a bass player because the bass. The band already had a guitar player, or maybe your older brother well, was the guitar player, well, and it, he was like, "My brother's gonna be yeah. our bass player." And that's uh, that's exactly, almost exactly how it happened for me. I started playing guitar right at ten years old. Yeah. I had a guitar, and I was you know messing around, and then I had. I met my good buddy Bart, who I'm still friends with, and we've played in bands together and written songs together. And he was at that time taking piano lessons. He's an accomplished pianist. I mean, he's tremendous. And he switched over the guitar and immediately was ahead of most people. Right. His um, his influence was Van Halen, so he was copying Van Halen. So I couldn't keep up with that. I had never taken a lesson in my life. So you switched. So to I bass. switched to bass because a lot we needed did. a bass player. I actually was interested in piano first, and then I went over to bass because I thought it only had four strings. It'll be a piece of cake. Well, in actuality you know there is really no learning curve because you can just the basses can be a one note can be a one note thing, thing as right. long as you could you know keep thump time. your finger you're right, right keep time you can just follow along and that's you what many bass. bass players do you know there are bass players who just follow along and then you have bass players that use it as a, a lead instrument so yeah. there really is it's really very versatile it in that aspect you know, and it's only if you got big fingers or if you can't more play versatile. chords, you yeah. know. Play the bass. Uh, fast forward to the 1950s. Leo Fender. Everybody's. Leo. Everybody's heard of him. The man. Uh, developed the first mass-produced electric bass guitar, which was named the Precision Bass or the P-Bass. Everybody's yeah. heard of the P-Bass. Fender well, Precision Bass, yeah. Yeah. Um, Back then, in October of 1951, it was not the same P-Bass we are familiar with today. It was more of a Telecaster ugly. design. Very, yeah, very <laughs> ugly. ugly. The Telecaster itself, I know 
It's Springsteen ugly. country. You know, everybody loves the Telecaster, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. The Telecaster is probably the best and easiest guitar you will ever play. However, it looks like dog doo-doo. I don't like them. Disgusting. And they're... Prince played They're them. usually always natural wood grain. Right. Because they didn't have disgusting. a variety of colors until later. Prince... Had played a Telecaster. Do you know that? Yes. In his early yes. days with uh, and his pick guard was like uh, Tiger. I'm not saying. Or I, look, I'm not saying it's not a fantastic instrument. It is. It it's is just easiest a, guitar you'll ever play. It's just not a pretty instrument. No. By 1957, the Fender Precision started closely resembling the Stratocaster. Yeah. Still not the same, but close. Still not the same. And they switched it to a split coil design. Um, I did a little bit of research and I kind of, I I sort of kind of traced it back to a musician named Bill Black. Bill Black was the upright bass player for Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. He switched around 1957 to a Fender Precision Bass. Wow. And I believe the rest is is history. history. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There was a couple of guys before that, but I'm talking the modern R&B rock and roll type sound. I think bass players... Because don't forget, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't forget the Beatles were doing the bass thing with that honor bass honor bass which looks like a it looks like a looks like an SG a, a, no You're it looks like about, a violin oh like the violin right and that, but, but that, that was, was in the England. 60s yeah and and it, but that was the early 60s it could have been something different but we're talking about here and, and I in the United Elvis States and the Beatles weren't they around they at were the around same time or well something? the Beatles came a little bit later I oh, think they did? okay I think the Beatles credit Elvis as actually being an inspiration. Okay, all right. So then that, this guy, Bill Black, he was really responsible Black, for... yeah, for the... The, the modern, regular modern bass. That's awesome. bass player. That's awesome. I think. After that, in the 60s... Uh, oh, Fender like blew up then. Yamaha, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tysco, Gaiatone, and then in around 1960, the Fender Jazz Bass... Phenomenal bass. Introduced. Yeah, Phenomenal absolutely. bass. I like it better than the P bass. I've always been Do a jazz really? bass yeah. guy. Yeah. But again, uh, when we talk like we uh, we talked about active electronics, yeah. I, I'm more of an active electronics, and those bases like standardly don't come. I don't know if that's a word. Don't come with active electronics. Right. There are models that do. Yeah. But the standard is to just plug it into a, an amp, and I, I don't like that sound. So whereas the Fender Precision bass is called the Fender P bass, right? right? The the Fender Jazzmaster do people call it the, the Fender J bass. J bass? Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah. And you know, Steve Harris for for all this time, he doesn't have electronic uh, active electronics. No, he no. Really? He just has he changes the pickups to uh Seymour Duncan or something, a bass lines, Demazio, I don't know who it, but the name of it is called bass lines. He changes the pickup Puts on flat wound strings, which is really crazy, and then just plugs in, and he's he's got tremendous tone. He does. Oh, absolutely. So um, the first bass player in our list I'd like to talk about uh, is um, 
Rodolfo, Maximilio, Sarzo, Laviel, Grande, oh, Ruiz, Paret, <laughs> y Chamon. Better known as Rudy Sarzo. Sarzo. Well, okay. Which we've talked about on occasion. Why do these people give their children such long names? Uh, He's Cuban. It's a Spanish Is thing. Is it a Spanish thing? Yeah, I don't necessarily... And we, the girls and I talked about it. I don't necessarily remember what conclusion we came, but we... We think that it has to do with stature. The more names you have, the more lineage. The more, you know what I mean? The ah, more, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. But um, also, you could be paying homage to your family name. Right. Because names are going to change, especially with women. Right. True. So, True. you know, I, I don't know. But I think that, uh, I think it's very cool. When you have one or two, but when it's 17, 18, I think yeah, that, no, he, let's cut it down, man. He's okay. got a... Because re- his driver's license falls. Right. It's a by fault. Right. It's because he's got 30 right. names. Uh, born November 18th, 1950 in Havana, Cuba. 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 Raised in Florida. Best known probably for his work with Quiet Riot. Yep. Ozzy Osbourne. Randy Rhodes. White Snake. Yep. Yep. Dio. Dio. Blue Oyster Cult. Yep. Oh, Jeff Tate's Queens. Yeah, Mike, sir. Devil City Angels and the Guess Who. If you need a bass player, have bass. He's will, your guy. Yeah, have bass. Will uh, travel, whatever it's called. He's your guy. He's your guy. You call him up, and also, he was very close, best friends with Randy Rhodes. If you remember yes, the Randy I Rhodes episode, podcast, yeah, it right. was Rudy who thinks he was murdered and the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I I personally think Rudy Sarzo killed Randy Rhodes. Randy yeah. Rhodes. Okay. I think it was a big conspiracy. Okay, uh, so disclaimer time. Anything no, that I, you hear that Ralph says is probably no, not true. It's definitely if true. If I have to go, bap, bap, that means I have I have exhaustively oh researched it, and that's what I think. And I also want to say this: preface it, this whole thing with um, this list, this final list of who we feel are the best play, bass players are outside the realm of your Getty Lee and your Chris Squire because That's we kind of really looked our, at them, right. Yeah. We kind of looked at them as progressive rock, your John Myung from uh, Dream Theater. I right. mean, these guys, these are, guys are, are, they are superior. Yeah, they're bass guys. They're virtuoso. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of just put it in the... 80s hair uh, area because area. that's what we feel like needed to be um, we needed to talk about because there are some bass players that definitely stood out absolutely more man. than your yeah. Michael Anthony-ish right. type of and not, nothing against we'll them we'll get to that yeah right. so um, upon arriving in Los Angeles around 1977 Sarzo um, went to the Starwood Amphitheater, which is where Quiet Riot was playing, and he only went to see Quiet Riot because originally he was wanting to go see Van Halen play at the famous Whiskey A Go Go. Oh wow! But okay. the show was sold out. Okay. The show was sold out, so Maximilian Sarzo <laughs> went to the Starwood where he saw Quiet. Riot, and he thought that he didn't necessarily think they were good, great, fantastic. He thought they were quite ambitious. Yeah, which I mean, they were. You know, they were quite ambitious. It's so band. funny that we're talking about Quiet Riot because the other day I was listening to one of my favorite albums is Metal Health. Really? Yeah, and I uh, 
the song Bang Your Head. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, look, you could take his voice or leave his voice, God Kevin rest his soul, but yeah. the dude can sing. Well, he, he actually really met, could sing. Sarzo met Kevin Dubrow at that show, actually. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, give you a little piece of FYI. Yeah. Kevin Dubrow. Killed Dubrow, Right. His brother oh. is the Dr. Dubrow, plastic surgeon who's in that TV show. Never heard of him. But where they take uh, botched people and they fix them for free. Okay. The doctor's name is Dubrow. That's Kevin Dubrow's brother. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't Isn't know that. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I forgot uh, the name of the show. Uh, I've never even heard of it, but I just think it's interesting yeah. that yeah, he's on Kevin TV Dubrow's and that's, that, that's his brother, yeah. Famous plastic surgeon. Yeah. Um, so Kevin DeBrow and Sarzo became pretty close friends, and um, uh, but Sarzo in like late 77, early 78, moved to Jersey to join his brother Robert and joined a top 40 band called A New Taste. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kind of sort of interesting. While in Jersey in the summer of 78, Sarzo took a phone call from Kevin Dubrow and he was like, hey man, fly out to Los Angeles and try out for Quiet Riot. P.S. He flew out to Los Angeles the very next day, got the job, which he accepted and... um I mean, he was just part of Quiet well, Riot. Well, believe it or not, he's the second bass player. Yes, he's in Quiet Riot. Actually, their first album, well, their 1978 album, Quiet Riot 2, mm-hmm. um, Sarzo was featured on the cover, but he was he, he was not the bass player. Not right? him playing. Yeah. It was actually Kelly Garney. Now, FYI, another piece of information: <clears throat> the drummer Frankie Benali. Who was, yeah, rest yeah. in peace just re- recently died yeah. he tried to keep Quiet Riot going in the last I guess you'd say incarnation incarnation, incarnation of it yeah. was with the original bass player oh really yep Frankie Benali and they were trying to get a guitar player and a singer or they had a guitar player and they were trying to get a singer and they ju- he just couldn't make it and that man died with a broken heart because he wanted Quiet Riot to be so successful Tremendous drama, by the way. I Tremendous mean, they, person. They were big. Hey, they my first, first concert. Yeah, my first concert. They were Iron huge. Maiden open up, opening up, uh, called Quiet Riot, opening up for Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden, Madison Square Garden. I mean, you know, um, that's, you know. Shortly after that Quiet Riot album came out, Sarzo started teaching bass at the Los Angeles Music School Musonia owned by owned by Randy Rhodes's mom. Yep. And so those the rest two is kind of history. Yeah. Go back to episode one and you'll right. hear yeah. right. you know, that's the history. Uh became extremely, extremely good friends. Uh and then Rhodes accepted and offered to play with Ozzy. And don't forget, Randy Rhodes was originally in Quiet Riot, too. Right, yes. It was all four of them. He was with Quiet Riot. um, Left Quiet Riot to play with Ozzy. Sarzo uh, joined a band after that called Private Army with Frankie Benelli. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, Fabulous. 
And then um, from 81, 82, Sarzo was the bass player for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Um, left when Randy Rhodes got killed, fulfilled his obligation, contractual obligation, and left because he, I'm sure he couldn't take it anymore. I mean, no, probably not. Can you imagine best your friend? buddy? That's right. like if I die. If you die. Or if you die. I, yeah. Can you uh, imagine? It's just... I don't even want to think of that. I don't want to think That's about terrible. it. That's terrible. It's just something you don't think about. Um, he left Ozzy to rejoin Quiet. Right? Yes. And he did for a little while. And But different guitar player, of course. Did, I think right. it was Carlos Cavazzo. Carlos Cavazzo, who was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, this is around 83 now, and that's when Metal Health would go on to become multi-platinum, and really, this really kick-started the whole genre. Yeah. Yeah, they did that Slade cover. Metal, yes. Remember, Come On, Feel the Noise? No. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then they did... Uh, we're all crazy. Mama, now. we're all crazy Mama, now. We're all crazy yeah. Now. And then the Met- covers Metal were, Health, yeah. which is a Metal great Health, song. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's really his whole '80s sort of thing. Yeah. I thought he was always one of my favorites. Yeah, I like one of my favorites. I liked him. Um, what really got me into him was when he was with White Snake. Because oh, yeah. he had that dyed red burgundy hair, cool yeah, as hell, red playing the bass, yeah. good-looking dude. Yeah, uh, I thought he was great, and his bass lines definitely decent. Absolutely, um, stayed in the pocket. Uh, just like I said, if you needed a bass player, have bass will travel. Was, he, this was the guy. He was your guy. Uh, Rudy Sarzo had a couple of um, signature basses too. Yes, he uh, did. The Spectre. Euro LT. Phenomenal bass. Which I was kind of pricing them online. Big money. Yeah. Big money. Okay, so the Spectre bass, a couple of things. Started by Stuart Spectre in Woodstock, New York. Really? Yep. That's interesting. And at that time, uh, Kramer, which was a huge... Guitar and bass manufacturer. Kramer was my first bass. Yeah. Yeah. They had basses made for them by Stuart Spector. So the first Spector basses came out through Kramer. Kramer. And it was, it was called the Kramer Spector wow. bass. And the model number was NS2. How do I know it? Because I wanted know? one. Because you want Forever. It. I still do. If you look at the, the bases, it's the still, still the same bass. Yeah. Two EMG pickups. Onboard electronics, beautiful wood, not beautiful gold hardware. Um, anybody, if you're somebody, you have a Spectre base in your arsenal. And that's it. But then Stuart Spectre sold out to a bigger company because he probably was getting old. And he said, and these people came in and said, give me, you know, give me your, your Spectre bases and we'll give you a couple million dollars, 70, 80 million. He said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then now Spectre bases is, is is a probably a European company because they've had European models for a little while. The European European models used to be between two and three thousand dollars. The uh, standard uh, American made Spectre bases were probably between seven and ten thousand. That's a lot. Of That's money. a lot of money. That's a lot of money for anything. That's <laughs> a lot of bread. Yeah. Um, according to forbassplayersonly.com, Rudy Sarzo got. Into bass 
kind of the same way a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, we've got enough guitar players. Yeah, we need a bass player. Already got somebody playing drums, so why don't you play bass? Yeah. And And the funny thing is, I've never really seen Rudy Sazo pick up a guitar. I've seen other bass players pick up a guitar, but I haven't seen Rudy Sarzo pick up a guitar. But nonetheless, just a phenomenal guy. Um, Rudy Sarzo's first guitar was uh, from the Sears catalog. It was like a six-string craftsman. That's hysterical. Isn't that hysterical? And then he went on to play bass. Oh, look, the sun's out. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) Go figure. That's because we're doing the... Podcast. It just brings sunlight to everybody. We bring light. We're the light bringers. uh, The light bringers. That's like Satan. I I like that. Metal. I like that. Metal. (laughs) Um, Sarzo also had a signature acoustic bass. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. mm. You you know, I, I often thought I would like an acoustic bass. Did you? Yeah. But then I thought better of it. Yeah. Because it's just not an acoustic instrument. No, I don't think. No, it's I mean, even if you, because some people now have an acoustic bass, but then they plug it in. Just play a regular bass. Then. Right, what are we and doing play here? one of those yeah. big, upright, <laughs> what fretless are we doing here? fucking yeah. basses. Yeah, hell, I think man? it's just another reason to make money. Speaking of upright basses, I want to just diverge quickly. Bruce Dickinson's new album the mandrake project yeah his band you sent me a picture i did his band and i was like right away no (laughs) bruce dickinson should only play with iron maiden when i picture a bruce dickinson solo project i picture bruce playing everything right even though he doesn't or it's actually iron maiden right and the funny thing is those guys look 20, 30 years younger than him. They are I mean, 20, all, 30 years They're all babies. He's, yeah. uh, he's got a girl bass player. Yeah. And I watched the video for Rain on the Graves or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I watched it. Good video. I dug it. I like the song. His his girl bass player is playing a up, uh, up, upright bass. I don't know if that was done just for the video, but I have a suspicion it's probably not. Is she playing in the rain? She's, she is playing in <laughs> the rain. She's playing it, I bet, because it seems quirky. That's why she's doing it. Well, was was she playing it good? I mean, is the bass no. line good? Okay, no. Then they, <laughs> there Steve go. Harris is there the only yeah. bass player who can play with Bruce Dickinson yeah. Yeah. well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on um, that. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that for a second. Yeah. Bruce Dickinson can only play with. So Iron Bruce, Maiden. if you listen, immediately no. If you listen, in Bruce, yeah. get back with the boys, will you? They're looking for you. They are <laughs> looking for you. Stop flying friggin' airplanes and putting out brands of fucking ale. This is another guy who does not sleep. Remember we yeah. talked about David Lee Roth not sleeping? Right. This dude Bruce does Dickinson not sleep. Too. He's, Same thing. he's just going. He's uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead type of dude. Can you imagine? I'm not like that. No. I got to sleep. Okay. We talked about Sarzo. We talked yep. about the uh, female bass player from Bruce Dickinson's solo band. Right. Which I forgot their name. Their, their band has a name. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember them though. Uh, let's talk for a second about another fantastic bass player from the time, Cliff Burton. Yes, sir. And Good we've talent. actually we we've actually talked about him before. We have because uh, 
by the way, um, Bruce Dickinson Solar Band. Oh, it doesn't even say the name. I don't know. Maybe okay. they don't have a name. Possibly. Maybe they're just the Bruce Dickinson Band. But anyway, yes, we talked about uh, Metallica in, I think that was the Tragedies episode. I think it was. Um, because we had felt, and uh, again, this is something that um, you may disagree with, but we had felt that uh, I disagree. that uh, Cliff Burton had a major influence on Metallica's um, journey, on their destination, where they were going, what they were doing. Cliff Burton was Metallica's secret weapon yeah think about it really what put metallica apart from bands of the time time yeah slayer anthrax that really hard heavy metal they had what cliff stylized himself as a lead bassist yeah yeah because he was was playing melodic things when everybody was just ripping it up and he uh and he brought brought something to that band that was definitely uh definitely unusual and also, like I said, I don't think Metallica would be the same Metallica today no. if Cliff Burton was in that band. Uh, Cliff Burton if he was born alive. in 1962 in Castro Valley, California. And he actually started taking piano lessons at age six. Yeah. Didn't, and I think I went over this last time. Yeah, we talked about it. Didn't actually pick up the bass till like 1975, 76 after the death of his older brother, yeah, Scott. Yeah, right. And he, and he would practice like six or seven hours a he day. He dedicated his dedicated his right knowledge in his practice and his for his brother. He he said, "I'm going to be the best bass player for Scott." Yeah, he was actually uh, taking bass lessons on Wednesday afternoons with a jazz bassist named Steve Doherty, huh. which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. And um, this is where he picked up. A lot of his, like, kind of jazzy slash classical chops. From sure, him. because he he was listening to that stuff and being taught that stuff. Exactly, he incorporated it into his baseline. He had a fantastic background great. in classical and jazz. Uh, he went to join his first major band. Mm-hmm. He, he was in bands before, but his first big band that played at the Whiskey A Go Go was called Trauma and that okay. was in uh, 82 wow um, and that's when Ulrich and Hetfield saw him and they said that's the we guy. want yeah. this guy this and guy. the whiskey was the place back then the it still the is I think it's still I think, I think it's, it's still, still going Whiskey A Go Go was the place if you were in a band and you were playing at the whiskey you were pretty much I would say you were on your way. Motley Crue, all those guys. They all played. Uh, probably. Yeah. Burton, by the way, um, on their first album, was that Ride the Lightning or Kill em All? I don't uh, remember. Well, I think it was uh, Ride. Received writing credit on six of the eight songs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, for a bass player. In Metallica? In Metallica. <laughs> that is like, that really is huge. Um,. Let's see. Ride the Lightning. Uh, oh, uh, their their third album, uh, Master of Puppets, was their real commercial breakthrough, right? I think. Commercial I before that, but commercial in the in the way of um, as commercial a, as, as you advertising, could be. and yeah, but because yeah. they were still thrash, it was still heavy. Yeah, 
Unfortunately, that was Burton's last album with them. He died. We don't have to go into that. that. You can go he back and he died. But uh, yeah, man, Cliff Burton. Absolutely, fantastic. absolutely. So far, I about? like your your choices. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Good. I think you're all right. You Let me I'm see. I think you're onto something. something there. Let me see what the what. Let's just get this straight on uh, Metallica's first album because, like, like you and me, it just eludes me. Their first album is Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All. Second album was Ride, Ride the, the Lightning. Lightning. Third was Master, and then fourth is Injustice. I'm pretty sure Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. Cliff Burton had some writing to credits do with n- naming the albums. Oh actually. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, I told you he's he was. I feel. He was a big piece. He was instrumental. Uh, Cliff Burton's signature bass, the Aria Pro 2 Limited, was was actually put out after his death. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a signature bass, but he was actually known for playing the Ale- Alembeck uh Spoiler two, and I'm pretty sure I've and seen the him Rick. Playing, uh, yeah. yeah, the Rick, Rick was the Rick was his thing for a while. Absolutely. Who else you want to uh, talk about? So, I want to talk about somebody who you absolutely despise. Well, you don't necessarily despise him, but who are we talking about? Gene Simmons. I despise him. Okay. I mean, I don't. So let me I tell do. you something about Gene Simmons. As much as you may not like Kiss or like Kiss, the man plays excellent bass lines he never just follows he's always playing a line whether it's following the melody or following the uh, lyrics he's playing a line if you listen to songs like sure know something if you listen to rock and roll night and party every day which i hate the bass is never no i don't really bass never follows if you listen to anything that he plays the bass never follows. The only problem that people have with him, bass plays have, is he plays with a pick. Yeah. And you don't that's like something that. I don't like Do that. You? No. However, in videos, he plays with his fingers. So I don't understand where that comes from. Well, look. And you remember you were talking to me about a song called Who Wants to Be Lonely? Do you remember you saying that you thought that was a good song? Maybe. Yeah, if you watch the video, right. not only is he playing with his fingers, but he's playing a Spectre and S2 bass. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's Frost, white, black hardware, beautiful. All right. Yeah. I would have to agree with, with you then. Chaim Witz. Yep. Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons. was Gene Klein. one of the... Yeah, change it to Gene Klein because that was his mom's maiden, maiden name. name. Yep. And when they immigrated to the United States, the father stayed behind yep. and uh, like had a whole different family and yeah. shit like oh, that. Yeah, so yeah. I... I Holocaust guess, time, it was just right, a yeah. mess. So I he guess, was young. So I guess Chaim, Chaim was upset with his dad, so he took his mom's yes. maiden name of yes, Klein. Klein. Right. And um, then Simmons came from a uh, an actor. Um, and there is actually a female actor named Gene Simmons, but that, two totally different things. Okay, so I did a little bit of research on that. Gene Simmons... Took his name from an old jazz musician. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Whose and last name was Simmons. Yes. Right. Gene Simmons. Oh, his, really? the exact same Oh, way. I didn't know yep. that. Okay. And he had like one major breakthrough hit, something about the jailhouse. Anyway, I listened <laughs> okay. 
to it because I thought it was cool. like a interesting yeah. factoid. And the song is terrible. Of course. Gene Simmons is terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Really? He's like, is he Whits. a bass player? No, he was oh. a singer, okay. guitar player. I don't know. I guess he just liked the name. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, um... So it was, he was terrible. He was terrible. Uh, the So Gene Simmons has said that the Beatles had a huge influence huge. on him. Huge. If you listen to uh, Gene Simmons' solo album, and if you really listen to anything early Kiss, there's a super Beatles influence in all that stuff. Yeah. Super. In his... Uh, in his uh, solo album, on his solo album, Gene Simmons' solo album, there's, there's, you can hear the Beatles' influence. Super, super influence. Were those actually solo albums, like with a whole d- different, different band? band? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, as a matter I of fact. I remember when they came out. Yeah, Gene Simmons had Cher singing on his album. Oh, I didn't know that. And the girl from, um, the woman from... Married with Children and uh, the Motorcycle Gang. Oh, man. Sons of Anarchy. Okay. The mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot her name. I don't know her name. She's a, she's a singer. She's got a great voice. That. Yeah. And she, they dated. Well, they cause, dated? Well, because Gene Simmons fucked everybody. Oh, man. Let's face it. I uh, was taking uh, you know, he, at his He screwed everybody. Bro, Suzanne Summers. Diana Ross. Uh... If you had a pussy, he's fucking it. He's fucking it. His wife ain't bad. No, she was... Come on. God. Shannon Tweed was Playboy Playmate. I mean, she used to do those crazy soft porn... Softcore porn. uh, Not a fan. Showtime. Showtime at night. Yeah, not a fan. um, I heard so... Beautiful, beautiful woman. But she got her face fixed. It's not right. She got that whole plastic surgery look. I don't like plastic surgery on... Yeah. I heard that... Shannon Tweed actually had something to do, something to do with killing Randy. Here we go. Rose. Again. That's what I heard. <laughs> Disclaimer time. <laughs> That's what it's you heard. It's true. Shannon it, Tweed. It's true. I heard it from a, an extremely reliable source. Okay. Blackie Lawless. <laughs> from oh Wasp, my God. Who is a terrible who was bass player. Premier he bass is player terrible. Of I don't even think there was bass in any of those songs. There was no bass, but yeah. that, that's not important. <laughs> Terrible. That's, that is not important. But Gene, back Simmons, to Gene Simmons, do like you I know? Said, his bass lines were pretty. He was he would play a moving bass line, a walking bass line. He it never stood still and followed. He played the line. Do you know? Gene Simmons has named his favorite bass line in music. I don't know this. What is Sunshine it? Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. That's his yeah. favorite bass line. Okay. Um, when he was asked, what bass line are you most proud of? Yeah. And he said, Deuce. But then he's, you know, the song. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just thinking of the bass line. But then he said that it is a direct ripoff of the Rolling Stones song, Bitch. I don't know the song. He's a huge fan. Yeah, I don't know the song. And I I listened to both songs, and it's kind of a ripoff, but it's reversed. It's backwards, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, absolutely does, yeah. So I'm not saying that Gene Simmons isn't original. He 
he's an extremely competent bass player. You can actually hear bass in Kiss songs, which yeah. was yeah. not the case for no. 80% of the entire that genre. That is true. That is true. Um, which I dig. I've got a better appreciation of Gene Simmons because of the research of yeah. this podcast. And you've been a fan. You're always talking about his, you know, yeah. bass lines. And I'm like, I didn't think Jackie did drugs, but I guess he does. <laughs> but apparently it's true. Yeah. He's a yeah. real good bass player. I'm not crazy about his songs because his songs are always about women and sex and all kinds of dirty I like nasty both stuff. women and sex but, and dirty I know you young things. boys but and I, some and girly boys, boys. Girly I'm a boys. girly yeah. boy uh, but his bass lines are right on his his ability to sing over those lines play them at the same time he is a guitar player previously so also there's a, that he is also a proficient typist Oh. Served as an assistant to the editor of Vogue magazine. Wow. Well, he was a teacher. He was know. a teacher, right? Yeah. So was That's uh, crazy. Paul Stanley, right? No, well, I think they Paul were Stanley drove a cab. He drove a cab? Yeah, yeah Paul that, Stanley drove a cab. That seems right. But Gene Simmons, uh, you know, he, uh, Gene Simmons lived the American dream, let's face it. He did what everybody else is trying to do. He came here, he was an immigrant. Right. He was and an immigrant. he uh, decided that he wanted to play music and he did it nonstop. And uh, his relationship with Paul Stanley, they're like brothers. Are they? they yeah, absolutely. Still after yeah, super all close. this time? Yeah, after all this time. You're talking about, well, they're in their 80s, right? So Are they? 50 th- years? Oh, I yeah. I thought it was late oh, 70s. Yeah. I don't know. 70s, uh, 80s? Let's... T- let's talk about some of Gene Simmons' signature basses. Oh, my God. Let's talk about your favorite bass, <sighs> Jackery, the Gibson G2 Thunderbird. Oh, God. That man. is one of your favorite That is the ugliest bass I've ever seen. Also, another one of Gene's signature basses, the Gibson EB0 or the EBO. Yep. Um, and he also played a Ripper. A ripper. Plus, yep. he's got his own line of base of yep. what he calls axes. He's got his axes. See, what happened was um, in the beginning, and we're talking uh, 1974, 75, when they really were coming out, they used, and they used to say it on the back of their albums, we use Gibson guitars and Pearl drums because we want the best. And for a long time, that's what they used. And then Dynasty came out. And if you looked at the uh, the music and the, whatever, the, the liner notes, you'll see that Gene Simmons now used a Kramer Axe and Paul Stanley has an Ibanez Iceman. And now that, you know, they changed because I guess, you know, they just wanted to be, uh, I guess, rel- uh, rel- relative, uh, you know, in, in that... In that time, when that those instruments were coming up, they felt that they wanted to be, you know, on par with uh, technology. Whereas the Gibson stuff, let's face it, the Gibson stuff was kind of old. You know, it was it was kind of yeah. They, if you look at a Les Paul, the guitar player in Kiss, Ace Freely used Les Pauls. Les Pauls are kind of old. People still use them and love them. Gibson, but it was kind of old. Kind of be. Behind the times when yes. it comes to tech, still too, they still are. still to this day, and they're um, right here in Nashville as well. Yeah, but are. uh, so he uh, so he started with the the axe base, and after that, 
He played the axe for a long time. The axe have, has had different manufacturers. Yes, I was actually taking yeah. a look, and I told you earlier, I was shocked. One of the manufacturers endorsed by Gene Simmons of the axe was Court. Blows my mind. Court. Court, C-O-R-T. C-O-R-T. And, and I, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners are musicians, and they recognize that name, Court, as more of a student quality yeah when that, you went to music class, music class you in high school there was court. court yeah yeah absolutely so that was kind of shocking i was on the uh gene simmons axe.com oh, website and he's got his gibson g2 thunderbird bases which you can buy yeah um stage played which is kind of cool oh, right boy Starting at $15,000. Okay, so let's get into how much of an asshole this man is. You're talking about somebody who's got, who's worth probably about half a billion dollars. Let's face it. That's how much his worth is. He's uh, he's in the four, five, six hundred. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And what he does is he, he'll play a bass or he'll play a bunch of basses in a concert. And then you as a fan could turn around and buy those stage played basses. And they are anywhere, like you said, 10, 15, 20,000. We talked about the Madison Square Garden in the last show. Yes. Let me tell you something now. Fuck out of here. I don't know a lot about that show, but all the bases on his website, he's got the American flag. Axe. Axe base. He's got the axe base that has got like his eye makeup design on it. He's got one with his face on it, one red sparkly, one blue sparkly, one white. He sells a version of it all played during the final show. So was he like grabbing different bases? Had to be. He had to be. Every song maybe grabbing a different base or every two songs. With the intent of selling it. That's like that's like Printing your own money. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, look, if you could do it. I just think it's overkill, and I think that it, it you're is raping overkill. your fans. I'm sorry. He uh, he also has for sale um, stage-torched fire sword. Stage-torched swords. Uh, Are you kidding starting me? Starting price is $12,500. Oh, my and God. And... This is the sword that Gene Simmons will use during his one and only fire-breathing song, which was what? I don't even know. Oh, I don't know. Is it the which end of Firehouse or something? I don't fire. God of Thunder? I Maybe it's God of Thunder. That is terrible. But all these bases are all available for sale as a regular base or as a stage, stage played or as a final performance that's ridiculous base. that's that that's just that's your boy yeah. gene simmons yeah, that's, that's my okay boy. and then you know what uh paul stanley never did anything like that because for a while there he probably felt that you know maybe gene simmons was stealing money or, or well not stealing but you know uh, abusing the uh, the amount of money that and then all of a sudden Paul Stanley started to sell microphones, stage, stage sung in, sung spit, or everything oh, microphones. Gross. Yeah, absolutely. Jackie, it's ridiculous. Talk to me about Steve Harris. Steve Harris is 
Iron Maiden. He, he is, Iron, is Maiden. Iron Maiden. Right? There's no Absolutely. real uh, uh, discussion or a debate about that. He started that band. He writes all the music. Now, he does have other writers in the right. band that yeah. may. But it's Adrian his band. Smith, it's, his, it's band. his band. He calls the shots. He plays a Fender P bass that's not active. It's the same bass that he had from 1975. Yes, he, he keeps just keeps painted, re, yep, repainting which I it. I thought was interesting. Yeah. He repaints it, and then uh, when, for whatever reason, whatever colors he might might uh, have it at that point in time, Fender will release an Iron Maiden signature bass in that color. Yes, which I wish I would have had one, the blue one, oh, because the blue, the blue one? one with the mirrored red pickguard is just phenomenal. Yeah, I was actually just reading about that. Um, I think that was the one that was released in '09. Okay, so he had it refinished in 09. Yeah, because the... Because I think it was a white one was the beginning. It was the original. White, and then he put a mirrored pickguard on it, and then that seems to be their, like... Their thing. Yeah, he keeps up right. Um, And then the 2015 release, which I think might be the latest release... um, It's white again with the... It's white, but it's... Soccer logo. Yes, it's got his favorite soccer team, which West Ham, maybe, team. We, yeah. I don't blow you, know. Right, exactly. It's It's England. Football. It's football. Um, But that's the same base. That's the same base that was previously blue with the the mirror pick on, which I love. I mean, he is, he loves that base. And his, the the neck is very rare on that base. There's something with the radius that's different. Um, oh, really? I don't, yeah, I, I don't remember that. what it was, but the neck has a different radius than any. Like if you tried to copy that base now, you couldn't find that particular neck. I believe. Uh, the football or soccer team is West Ham United Football Club. Okay, and that's yeah. what he's got on his base. Yeah, mirrored scratch plate, badass bridges, and Seymour Duncan custom Steve. Harris signature SPB for pickups. Yep. And his own signature set of Roto Sound flat, flat wound strings. strings. Flat wound strings. Give him that side. I I think it's a combo of his galloping yeah. and the flat wound strings that give him that sp- well of course and the pickups and Yeah, and the specific sound. Yeah, because that- because if you if the if you use regular round wound strings, they'd be yeah. the noise yeah. would be ridiculous. Right. But he also states that he gallops with two fingers, and I find that hard to believe because when I play it, I have to play it with three. But he says he just uses the two, so I don't know. But either way, him and Dave Murray are the longest serving members of the band. I made uh, Steve Harris, which I don't know if I knew this or not. His real name is actually Stephen Percy Harris. Yeah, we talked about that. Did we, we? covered that at some point. Uh, the singer of Rat, Stephen Percy. Did he get that from? I don't know. Steve Harris. Well, somebody real name? changed because he didn't want to have anything to do with one or the other. I don't know. And his real name is actually spelled S T E P H E and like Stephen Piercy. Really? From Rat. So hmm. I'm thinking, I don't know, is he like a real big fan? That's interesting. And he changed his name. I'll have to take a look at it. My first concert ever, my first concert ever, Iron Maiden with Quiet Riot opening for them. 
I saw Madison Square Garden. I saw Queensryche open up for that Iron was my second maiden. Changed my life. Radio City, right? I think it was Radio City. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Changed my yeah. life. Um, Absolutely. Steve Harris signature bass, the Fender P bass, of course, which yeah. had releases in '09 and 2015. You could either get it in the blue sparkle yeah. or the white with the pickup and yeah. West Ham United. Fantastic bass. And also has something with the binding. It had two or three colors in the binding, which was very different. The newest one, remember. the newest, the latest white one. Uh, S- uh, Steve Harris's Fender Precision Bass has been in every Iron Maiden album. Every Who else can friggin' say that? Uh, you know, I guess it's a thing of you find what works for you early on and you just and stick stay with, with it. it. And you know what's funny? Uh, Getty Lee is known... When you look at Getty Lee, he's known for two bases. He's known for the Rick, the Rick. and the Wall bass. But meanwhile, behind the scenes... What was the headless bass? Steinberg. That was a Steinberg. Steinberg. Right, yeah. Behind the scenes, all his stuff was a Fender. His, his signature bass right now is a Fender jazz bass. There's I two versions. That. There's a Mexican version, a uh, Japanese version, and an American version, either one are tremendous bases. And that's the last couple of years that Rush played, he was using the Defender on stage, which is totally I didn't know that. opposite. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's Steve Harris on my Oh, well, and another part of Steve Harris's sound, we talked about that galloping sound. Did you know that he chalks his fingers before no, each... Pro- I didn't I know that. that. That was that interesting. crazy, yeah. yeah. He, so he gets, chalks yeah. his fingers and... Uh, some listener actually spotted that and posted it online in the Live After Death video. Wow. He the guy is phenomenal. He plays chords on the bass. He, right. play, he plays, uh, he weaves in and out. I mean, it's the, the soloing, the, the licks, just he's tremendous. He's tremendous bass player. Okay. Another, and we are kind of running out of time. Okay. But uh, another prolific bass player from yeah. this time and this was I think one of your picks and it's actually two in one yeah, sort of yeah. why don't you okay so it? the first one is Bon Jovi's Alec John Such who uh, played on I think two or three albums or three, maybe three or four albums I should look at my notes <laughs> you do have just, them instead of just talking but um, so he played, I'm sorry, he played on five albums. Oh, wow. Okay, and then he left the band, and then a gentleman named Hugh McDonald took over for him, who is, again, another tremendous bass who player. actually, on the demo, uh, She's a Little Runaway, yep. that was actually not Alec John Such. Nope. That was actually your boy. And Living on the Prayer. Oh, I didn't know that. Was Hugh McDonald. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, now let me tell you this, which... Uh, and I don't like to talk bad about any, anybody, but asshole John Bon Jovi. Oh my goodness! Had made comments about Alec John Such's bass playing. Right. So I don't know if what is true and what's not about his bass playing. But when they toured, the guy had to play those lines. Right. So, you know, I think that was something like this, Jackie. When you're in a band with somebody and you have a disagreement with them, what's the first thing you attack? Yeah. They're playing. Yeah. I've done You're it. You're right. You've You're done it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, That's you what suck. you attack. Right. You suck. Your baseline sucks. You're right. Yeah. You're right. 
But either way, so he left the band. Ironically, he died in South Carolina, which yeah. I didn't even know. South Carolina. Um, now, just I just like to interject real quick. Alec John Such was kind of like a Mick Mars type story. He yeah. was a lot older than the he guys. He was a lot older, yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, Bon Jovi's touring all throughout the 1980s and shit. He's already like in his 30s. Yeah, he's already up there. And that, that definitely, look, it takes a toll. Because they, Bon Jovi was touring. They were one of those bands that, that when they, they hit the road, band, yeah. they were touring. They were touring. And, you know, and it was a lot of work. And then they were writing albums. Yeah. And like I said, he's, his bass lines, he does not follow. They move. He Our, um, plays in the pocket. He does his little riffs. Um, so does Hugh, Hugh McDonald. Hugh McDonald. Um, uh, two tremendous bass plays, in my opinion. Bon Jovi as a band, are they still... Together, uh, actually, officially? they're playing it. They're they're pl- well. Bon Jovi is getting a uh, an award where they say that Richie Sambor is going to appear. Oh, Who knows? And Bon Jovi is writing another album, but there's a lot of uh, talk about his voice. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, when Richie Sambor left that band, I stopped listening to them. I got you. Yeah. So we've kind of got it narrowed down to yeah five, really yeah. six, but we're going to kind of count. And John we and there's a lot of other bass players that McDonald. I'm sure that we lit we the bass player from Queensrÿche he's got some good runs, yeah. uh, the bass player from Striper has some good runs. Yeah, there's a lot of bass players that just don't do the in don't do the follow and right. But you know. we kind of narrowed it down to like a top yeah. five, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, Cliff Burton, Gene Simmons, Steve Harris, Rudy Sarzo, Alex Jan Such. Slash Hugh McDonald. Hugh McDonald. Yeah. Should we do like a one, two, three, four, five? Who's okay, the best? Sure, sure. Because I think it's fairly obvious who okay. the best ba- bass player of the '80s hard rock heavy metal genre was. Okay. Who it was? You better say the same thing as Should, me. Shall oh, I'm I go? Kick you in the nuts. Shall I go? Five, four, three, two, yes. one. Or, okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Black Steve Harris. You know what I'm saying? You are a moron. Come on. He's not even in the fucking running. He's so good. He couldn't play the bass if Getty Lee gave him his fingers. Oh, my goodness. All right? He's terrible. Blackie Lawless? The singing, terrible. He didn't even make the top five. Actually, Blackie Lawless. Look at you. I didn't even mention him. Friggin' vein is sticking out in your neck. You're about to. I hate out. that guy. He's Why Tommy Lee. Bla- he's not Tommy. Yes, Lee. he is. No, he's he's your. To- he's my Tommy Lee. All right, you hate Tommy Lee. He's my Tommy Lee. Oh Blackie Lawless. Blackie Lawless. Wasp. Wasp. We are sexually perverted. That, allegedly, that's uh, what it means. We don't know for sure. Allegedly, they said Blackie Lawless. Have you seen Blackie Lawless yes, lately? Yes, he looks like he luggage. Looks, <laughs> he looks, looks like leather. He's still out there every day like, doing it. He looks fantastic. He looks like luggage. He looks, he looks like saddlebags. I used to have a, a seventy-six shovel. He, he looks exactly like my old aunt. Lord. He looks right. That's why okay, I yeah, like That's him. what I go. He look. Well, he looks like the best. He's from my Staten Island. Nuts. By the way, is he really Staten Island? Well, let me New tell York. you Forget that that landfill fucking oh, distorted come that on. face. <laughs> See, you're he distorted wrong. that face. Stop doing Too the bad. drugs. Put down the crack pipe, Jackery. I'm gonna stay with Steve Harris being number one. Okay. I'm gonna give the number two spot to Alec John Such and Hugh McDonald wow. because they both. Are great to me, okay. and I'm going to go three. I'm going to give to Gene Simmons. 
Four, I'll give this to um, Cliff Burton, and five, I'll go with Ruby Soft. Blackie, Lawless Forever. I'm Blind in oh Texas. Listen to it. It's a fantastic song. <laughs> Headless Children. What? Headless Children? Headless Children. Yeah, That's the a, name of the song? song? Inside yeah. the, you, you the got, Electric Circus. You got something wrong with you. You got to get yourself checked. All right. That's, That's it. You, you know what? Jackie and I are going <laughs> to discuss this further off the air, and we're just going to end it right here. Yes. Jackie, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Okay. Gene Simmons sucks. We'll see you guys next <laughs> okay. week. Okay.